Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to Be Amplified, the podcast with Brian Thais, episode number 60 Uno. Hey, Amplifiers, welcome to Be Amplified, the podcast. My name is Thais. And I'm Bree Seeley. We are the co-founders of the Amplify Collective, a movement aimed at radically disrupting how purpose-driven women connect and operate in the world. Because we believe it's not just what you do, but who you are that matters. Each week, join us for messages and interviews that will leave you feeling amplified and ready to change the world. Let's do this. Hello, 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 everybody. I am Tay Sky. Welcome to Be Amplify the podcast slash radio show slash just kidding. It's not a radio show. Uh, so uh, I am generally... Uh, on here with another person uh, and this other person and I tend to have a dialogue back and forth uh, but we decided we were going to do something fun and this person and I instead would be interviewing each other so it's a solo podcast where I'm going to be all by myself interviewing the one person <laughs> um, so I had the pleasure of being interviewed a few podcast episodes ago which you can check out on iTunes and all the other places you listen to this and that was a lot of fun and so now it's my honor and privilege to introduce you all to my uh, dear friend and fellow podcast hoster but for now she is just a beautiful interviewee Rudy Seeley oh thank you Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so before we begin this brilliant interview, let me read to you Bree's, uh, what's it called? Oh, a bio. bio. I have uh, to say I'm excited for this part because of the 60 
one episode (laughs) that we've had so far. This is the first file that Tice has read. And she always gets after me because I always fuck them up. You always fuck them up. This is going to be awesome. I'm ready. I'm not going to fuck up because you know why? Because you know why I'm not going to fuck up? Because I fucking wrote this shit, bitches. That is true. I I may or may not have written this bio for her. Not yesterday, obviously, a while ago. Like uh, a year ago or a year and a half. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I'm glad to know that my wordsmithing uh, is still serving you to this day. It's very honored. Very privileged. Okay. <clears throat> Here's to me not messing up. Oh, and if I mess up, I'm just going to edit it so no one's going to know. So no matter what, I'm perfect. So done. <laughs> done. Uh, so Bree Seely is an inspirational woman who supports women around the world to turn their inner visions into their outer realities. Bree is motivated by a deeply held belief that every woman deserves to live a life that inspires her. And her work reflects this deep remembering of possibility. Did I write that? No. That is epic words. Okay. Uh, and her work reflects this deep remembering of the possibility, nay, inevitability that our desires hold. Through her signature six-month training, Permission to Leap, with an upcoming book and podcast by the same name, she will guide you through the process of leaping from the day you commit to your vision all the way through each stage up until the day you land softly on the other side of it all. A catalyst speaker and author, she is a regular contributor to the Huffington Post and is known by many for her compassionate yet tell-it-like-it-is guidance that creates massive and epic changes in every woman she encounters. That sounds like something I wrote. Uh, Brie has been featured on Today Show, Forbes, Medium, Kickstarter, PBS, Free Enterprise, and every other online platform ever made. Welcome to Be Amplify, the podcast, Brie Seely. Thank you. I'm really so excited. Thank you for asking me to be here today, Thais. <laughs> It was so hard to get to you through all your people. You know what I mean? Like our people had to go through your people. I'm so, it's just, I don't know what to say. I'm just so nervous right now. Never interviewed someone quite of your caliber. Plus it's your Um, first solo solo interview. mm, mm, mm. Let's see how I do. Okay. Well, the first question that we always ask, so I will ask you is what does it look like for you to live an amplified life? So it's so funny because I think, you know, you have clearly asked this, you know, 60 times Yes. <laughs> and yes, I've been on the receiving end of 60 different answers and, uh, it's hard, right? Isn't it, it hard? Is. It's so hard. I'm like, I don't know what that, what is, what are these words that you're putting out? Like, I don't understand English all of a so sudden. For everyone listening right now, hit pause for a hot second and define this for yourself. I dare you. Yeah. Um, right. So or try to do it live, you know, right. Well, not live, but yeah. Yes. Um, I was in the shower this morning because that's where all my best thinking gets done and realized that for me, it, it ties in basically everything that I teach. And it's this, it's for me, it's a two part thing. It's an inner and an outer. And the first step is always that inner, inner vision, inner alignment, like whatever that is for you. What, who are you? What do you need? And then communicating that to the outside world. And so those are the two things for me. And then using that communication to amplify other people's lives. Um, That's where I've found the most impact, the most joy, the most transformation in my life. And so it's really that inner to outer thing, doing the inner work of figuring out what makes me happy, what makes me unique, what makes me who I am in the world. What do I have to offer to the world? And then going out and being that beacon of light to share that, whatever that is for you, with everyone else. 
So, you know, you talk a lot about this permission to leap. And so I'm curious why, okay, so you call it permission. Like, um, like people don't generally feel like they have permission to leap. And so I'm curious why you think that is. Like, why do you think that people don't have that permission to go after what they want? So I see the world as having kind of like two two factions to it. There's the physical world that we all live in, that we all see, that we all touch and experience with our five senses constantly every day. And then there's the spiritual world, which is kind of just all the stuff we can't see. It's the inner work. It's the feelings. It's the emotions. It's the sensations. It's the connection that we have with source, that kind of stuff. And um, most of the people that I have encountered in the world, and I believe you know, we're kind of conditioned and, and taught to place all of our energy into the physical world. Like you, you can only base your life and yourself and your possibility on what you can see and touch. And so I believe that because of that, a lot of people have this perspective of, well, you know, I have all these responsibilities and I've committed to this and, and I've said this in the past. So now this is my life. And, you know, I have a job that makes sense. So I can't possibly go off and be an entrepreneur to do something that I can't yet see or touch. And so I, I believe that this reliance on the physical world is what keeps people small. It's what keeps people from pursuing that deep burning desire that they have on the inside because the deep burning desire isn't something that is yet birthed into the physical world. And so we don't have any trust in it. So what does it look like then to go from then shifting the internal to the external? Because ultimately you want the external to change. All right. That's why you're leaping. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that kind of go into that, but in this like six step uh, idea of a leap that I've experienced time and time and time again, the first four steps are all inner. They're all internal shit. They're healing, their belief works, their commitments, their, you know, getting to know yourself, your needs, your desires, their alignment, their, I mean, there's so many, it's all that stuff that you can't see that's necessary in preparation to leap. Um, so I totally forgot your question. Being That's interviewed okay. is just as hard as being I know. Were. It really is. Well, I just, so keep going about that though, because that's really interesting. Because I want to know, like, when do you go from the internal to external and you're just about to get there? Yeah, so it's, I, I, I see it like this. In, in practical terms, it is like exactly like skydiving, which is a literal leap, right? And if we look- go skydiving then. Oh, fuck no, that is never happening. What? Seriously? I am good with my feet on the ground unless it's an it's enclosed airplane. Excellent. I like airplanes, but closed doors. Closed. I've been there. I've been twice. You need so, to go. You know all about this. So it's, we don't, you don't like decide you're jumping out of an airplane and all of a sudden you're on the edge of a fucking airplane tumbling out, right? So it's all of the stuff leading up well, to it. You don't, you don't decide you're going to leap out of an airplane. You decide you're going to go skydiving. <laughs> But it's not like, it's not that quick where your brain decides like, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden you're on the edge of a plane. There's all of this lead up stuff and you have freak out moments and you have moments where you're like, I don't think I want to go. And typically 
you know, you're in the plane with all these people having all this internal stuff come up, all these fears. And um, so if you want to fulfill this metaphor, though, you really need to go because I've interviewed so- people. That's enough. Not I've same, interviewed people. No, it is not the same people. feeling. It is. You have taken so many leaps, but all I'm letting you know is the actual physical experience of jumping out of a plane is incredible. I have heard this rumor and... Uh, so anyways, uh, it's all that build up stuff, that lead up stuff. And you have to do all those things before you take the leap. You can't just skip to the leap part. You have to have all the steps. Otherwise you'd leap out of the plane and maybe your parachute wouldn't work or, you know, all the different complications that could go wrong. And so this inner to outer concept is, is kind of everything for me. You have to get your inner landscape you know, like in alignment, you have to make commitments, you have to let go of things that no longer fit, you have to be open to receiving things that do, you have to, you know, be be using visualization and all these different techniques and things to allow this to come to you because our egos can really get in the way and really want to be like, well, it has to look a certain way, it has to be like this. And oftentimes our leaps look nothing like our ego thinks they should. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I love that. And I'm curious how you connect that with living. What did, what is it in your bio? It says every woman deserves to live a life that inspires her. So I'm curious, like, how do they, how does that connect? I mean, basically if you're living a life that doesn't inspire you, you're probably going to be less likely to take the leaps. It's probably that you're going to be less likely to even hear the call within you of what it is that you want. Again, that's going back to the whole like physical reality thing. We get so inundated by all the shoulds, all the like, well, I'm a woman, so I should have a child and I should get married by a certain age and I should be doing this and I should be doing that and I should have a stable job and, and all these things that we're told that our lives should look like. And I believe that simply by being alive, you deserve to experience whatever it is that your, your soul and your heart is calling for you to deserve. And if you're staying in the physical world and staying in the shoulds and staying in all those things, you know, it's, it's preventing you from being able to see, hear, and experience what it is that you're here for. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the word inspire and inspiration. And, um, I'm curious, like, what that really means to you to, like, live an inspirational life or to be inspirational or to, you know, to, in, be, to have an inspired life. Yeah. So I see it in two different ways. I see it as an inspirational life and an inspired life. So, again, the inspired life is your inner world. Does your world spark that joy within you? Does your life excite you? That's what matters. And then the second half, of course, just like I said about living an amplified life, is that taking that inspiredness that you experience, that joy, that alignment, that excitement, and bringing it out into the world in whatever way you're called to. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think the inspired life has to come first before that you can then be that spark for others to build inspired lives and and inspire them and be inspirational. So you kind of so you kind of stepping into a role model if you are having an inspirational life. And the thing I always say about this too is that 
if you are, if you are wanting to live an inspirational life and you want to inspire others, it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It doesn't mean that you alone have to carry the burden of, of changing the world. It might mean that you're an amazing fucking mom. That is an inspirational life. You're creating change within a, a being that is going to carry our world into the next century. That's inspirational. So I'm sure it doesn't feel very inspirational. <laughs> but, but the idea is that like being an inspiration to someone else can be a child or your grocery store checker, looking them in the eyes and really genuinely, truly experiencing a human connection with them. It can be that you speak on a stage in front of 5,000 people, or it can be that you run for local office. I mean, it doesn't, there is no one way to live an inspired life and to be inspirational in the world. You have to figure out what that is for you and you have to do the inner work before you can take that out into the world. So can you live an inspirational life if no one knows that you're living an inspired life? Yes, because you know. But then how can you influence other? Because so I'm, maybe it's syntax, right? Or, or whatever. But um, to live an inspirational life sounds like you've, you have to kind of be committed to the inspirational of others. But by being inspired? By being inspired and by you showing up in your alignment, in your authenticity, by what inspires you and by being that beacon of light in the world simply for yourself, even if you have no motivations of being the you know, president or the next Tony Robbins or this or that or any of those things, you are going to be impacting and inspiring other people's lives simply by I see. I see, I see, I see. I get it. It starts on the inside and then, you know, the amount and who you impact is totally your call. And sometimes, honestly, it's not your call. You walk by someone on the street and smile. You just inspired their day and you were just simply being yourself. Yeah. So what is it about this word that you love so much? You you use it a lot, you know, that Um, seems to be connected to you. It's funny. I actually don't think I chose this word. I think this word chose me. Um, Mm. I... I have been cleaning out my office because I'm moving and found this rock that I got at a New Year's Eve party in like 2010. And the rock had the word inspire on it. Like, and I just, I, I had to reach into a thing and like pull out a rock. And I've had this rock since 2010. And when I was getting ready to do the Inspirational Woman Project, um, you know, that was something that just came to me. I was sitting on my couch and I just, I had already like thought about the idea for the blog series and uh, all of a sudden like saw the logo and the name and just all of these things just kind of filtered into my existence. And I still have the sheet of paper in my journal where I grabbed my journal and was like, Oh God, I have the worst memory ever. I have to jot all of this stuff down right now. Otherwise I'm gonna really does everything. I have the worst memory. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I chose it. I think it chose me. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, you know, when I met you, you were, what were you? you? You were just deciding that you were going to be shutting down your fashion brand to um, go into coaching. And you had already um, done your Kickstarter for your Inspirational Woman project. And um, it's been quite a journey that you've been on of finding your 
yourself in many ways in the past two over two years yeah it's interesting I was just reflecting I actually just wrote an article about this that um I have had the first business license I ever got was 10 years ago wow so I have been a business owner for 10 years and uh one of the things that I look back on the most is that I have officially, because I've shut down my fashion brand and I've shut down the Inspirational Woman Project permanently, and um, you know, I've I've closed more things now than I've opened, mm. like you know, and or I guess it's not that's not the the correct terminology. I've I've closed more than is still open, I guess I would say, and. It had. I think. I feel like that's been probably the most surprising part of the entrepreneurial journey for me. What is the letting go ness and the the um, not going into fail mode has been a really big thing for me. In the first not going time, into what fail mode? Yeah. Like what? Like I'm a fail because I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, which to be tr- completely. Oh look, miracle moment! My phone's going off, even though it's on silent, but it is right now a miracle moment. Nice. So let's all take a deep breath. Enjoy the miraculous moment that is here. Clearly what I'm about to say is miraculous. Obviously. Um, uh, I did go into fail mode when I closed down my fashion brand. Hardcore mm. fail mode. For a long time, my ego was very wrapped up in being a fashion designer and what that meant about me if I wasn't a fashion designer and everything. And um yeah, I feel like that's been one of the most beautiful and really a theme that I've been playing with so much this year is departures and arrivals. And uh, but so, but you said it was the most surprising. So I'm curious, like, why it was the most surprising, or or let's say like what your expectation was going into it. You know I, what I mean? feel like you know, as entrepreneurs, we come in and we're like, I have this one big idea, and it's gonna be a success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we don't celebrate quote unquote failure in our society. And so we don't know about all the businesses that all the other successful entrepreneurs have had that have failed because mm-hmm. we don't talk about it. My guess would be that, I, well, I mean, you, you've told me this one, Marie Forleo had a business before she was on her own yeah. and you know how that didn't go the way she wanted it to. And, and it's just, it's interesting that we don't talk about that stuff. And so it was a surprise for me. You know, I, I thought it was similarly to how it used to be where you'd get one job and stick in it for 60 years. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was going to be like my fashion brand and that was it forever. That was who I was and my, my identity was so wrapped up in that. And it, that was a really hard hit was yeah. going through that and really being like, well, if that's not who I am, then what, I, what am I? Yeah. And what does it look like to be inspired by my life and what does it look like to then inspire other people's lives yeah yeah that is definitely something that is not talked about at all is the changings of your mind and like changings of idea I mean I've written down how many iterations of my business like you know small small iterations like my title um that I've changed kind of in the past five years that I've been um an entrepreneur and um, I think I got to 12, you know, and, and how many major rebrands I've gone through probably once a year, I've gone through yeah. like a major change. And, um, you know, I will occasionally 
stumble upon someone that I used to know like five, six years ago, and I check up on them and see what they're doing. And their business is completely different than it was. Some of them have closed down their business, you know, some of them have something totally different. And it's very rare to find someone that's doing the same thing every single year. Yeah. And we don't talk about it. No, I, and I really wish somebody that we would have talked about it when I started. So I, I didn't assign so much shame, you know, and, and, you know, you know, Brie, they, people in the industry push, well, you have to have a clear message and you have to have a clear niche, but nobody says, oh, and by the way, that message and that niche may, may change every few months. And so you're constantly thinking the problem was I didn't have a clear message. Yeah. Or it was me or yeah, you're like, we internalize all this stuff. Totally. And maybe it was just an alignment issue, you know? Maybe like, it just and required you to grow. Exactly. Like you wouldn't have known, like I would not have known to be here if I started here. Exactly. If I had started being a coach, I would have failed massively. I had to have, you know, X amount of years. I think I ran my fashion brand for like seven years or something like that. I had to have my fashion brand for seven years to learn who I was as a woman and what my voice was like and how I had even the ability to inspire, impact other people. Um, and without that, I, there's no way that I would be where I'm at today. I was just having a client the other day be like, I want to be where you are. I want to know, you know, I want to have everything figured out and blah, 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 blah. And, and I had to remind her like, this is two and a half years in the making. Yeah. You know, if you're brand new into business, it's, it's a process. We want it all done so quickly. And you have to go through everything in order to get to that place that you want to be, wherever that place is, because it's, there isn't really no place. It's, I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but, um, but yeah, like Tice, Tice and I didn't get to the places we are overnight. This isn't where we started. Uh, this, this is, is where not we happen to be. Um, this is Sorry. not a podcast. Ask yeah. me another question. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, what's the question that you fucking asked me that I hated? I was thinking, Oh, I don't know. And I was no like, idea. you know, I should probably, I think I know. Like, um, what's the question that you want me to ask you, Brie? Well, you usually wait till the end of the interview to ask that, Tice. But I'm going to ask that right now. <laughs> so, um, you're welcome. I, let's see. A shitty question. The, the first leap I ever consciously remember making. Were you like two years old and you jumped over a puddle? No. <laughs> ask, you have to ask the question though. That's the question I wish, wish you would ask me. Oh, okay. But that doesn't mean I have to ask it. <laughs> you don't have to ask it. Don't ask it. Wow. <laughs> I should have asked a really shitty question then. Just like, what's your favorite color? What is your favorite color? Pink. I didn't know that. Did I know that? I think I so. I Remember on episode one, way back, like 15 months ago, when we talked about how I had a pink face and I only wore pink every single yes, day when I was I like 24? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So ta let's talk about your first conscious leap. So the first one that I can ever remember making where I kind of took a stand for myself and was like, this is what I want. Um, most people don't know this about me, but Brie Seeley is not the name that's on my birth certificate. Um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Who are you? Do we even know who you are? We don't know who you are. <laughs> it's true. Free Seely's my alias. Um, no, when I was 13, I went to my mom and asked if I could change my last name. And it was a little scary because at 
13, I kind of knew what the ramifications of that were going to be. Um, and one of the ramifications was that my dad's side of the family disowned me. Mm. And, uh, you know, I kind of had to have that internal battle of what, you know, was I going to trust this desire that I was having? Or was I going to let the idea of getting presents from his side of the family twice a year, you know, manipulate me into being content with a last name that I didn't identify with? Um, and luckily I, you know, I was blessed with a very, very, very supportive mom that, hi, Mama Seely. She's probably listening. She listens every week. And then she sent, she texts me afterwards, all of her thoughts about the episodes. So. Like all of the words I've mispronounced and keeping up with the Joneses or Jonases. Well, you know, the Jonas brothers. I think the Jonas brothers is the modern version of that I was actually just being really trendy (laughs) okay um so yeah so back to the story at hand I was 13 I asked my mom (laughs) if I could change my name I had to write a letter to the courts I had to write a letter to Rice County Court System and let them know exactly why I wanted my last name changed and when they approved that I had to go in front of a judge and stand in front of a judge and defend my wait how old are you 13 13. What's the like, is that the minimum legal age that you're allowed to like make your own decision like that? I feel like it might be. It's like, or 11 or like one of those things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I took this leap and I stood up and voiced my desires and and leapt into a new last name. And uh, yeah, it was scary. And the ramifications were pretty much what I thought they would be. Which, you know, as a 13-year-old sucks. And I stopped getting presents. Damn. That's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Um, But I think that was the first time that I really, truly, consciously stood up and said, this is what I want. This is the change that I want in my life. I'm committed to it. Looking, you know, looking at the potential outcomes, I'm committed to it. And, uh, you know, luckily, like I said, my mom was super strong and stood next to me through the whole thing, both writing the letter and facing my grandparents and telling my dad and uh, going to the courthouse and all that stuff. I was lucky to have a a solid, stable presence beside me through the whole leap. but yeah, I think that was, that was the first conscious one. So what can people learn from you in that experience? You know, I think the biggest thing in, in every LEAP process is that there are risks and rewards with both, both sides. You're sitting on the fence and you've got your LEAP on one side and not taking the LEAP on the other side. And you're looking at that LEAP being like, oh, there's so many risks with it. There's so many risks with that LEAP. I would invite you to also look that there are risks associated with not leaping as well. And there are rewards associated with both sides as well. And at the end of the day, you have to figure out what you value. You know, is it important for you to stay in the comfort of where you are right now? Or is it important for you to do something different in the world? And whatever you commit to, it it literally doesn't matter. But if you're sitting on the fence thinking that there's no risks associated with where you are, you're not looking at the situation fully. So 
Is there ever a time when you shouldn't take a leap? Yeah, I actually just interviewed a friend about this the other day. Um, her major leap that she's taking right now is to stay. She was getting really itchy in her life. And in fact, I've been experiencing it as well. I was getting really itchy. My lease is up at my place and I'm like, maybe I should move. And I, I, I ended up sitting with it and being like, is this what I truly want? Is moving, is leaping into a new place what I really want? Like, what is this discomfort that's here for me? Mm. And I realized that it wasn't coming from a place of leaping towards something. It was coming from a place of leaping away from something. And it was leaping away based on fear. And I had to take the space and the time to sit in that and like stew in my fear and let the shit come to the surface and really face why this discomfort was coming up in the first place and commit to staying. Mm. And so I signed another year lease on my apartment. Wow. So then how do you know? How do you know if the leap is to go or the leap is to stay? You know, we've talked about this in terms of relationships, you know, but I would love to hear your thoughts. For me, it's, it's sitting in that stillness and really tapping into something that's beyond you. Because you have to, if you're super emotional about something, you have to almost remove yourself from the situation. And being in that stillness, in that void, in that place of not having either option and letting the truth come to you. And, you know, whether that be meditation or yoga or any other sort of, sort of you know, healing experience, whatever, sound bath, um, getting into a place where you can emotionally detach from the situation and just allow your intuition to speak to you, allow God to speak to you, allow that higher voice to speak to you um, and ask a lot of questions. You know, where is this discomfort coming from? I'm feeling really itchy. What, what's going on underneath this? What is this? What do I need right now? Um, are kind of things that I've used to know if I should stay or go. And then there've been some other ones that are like fucking two by fours. And I don't even have to sit in a place of stillness because the answer is just so fucking clear that it's one of those where like, okay, I'm to the point where I no longer have a choice. Yeah. Yeah, I've been sitting with a big decision uh, this past year, you know, contemplating going back to school. Um, you know, a lot of the work that I do is very, very much uh, therapy related or fair therapy. And I would love some more credentials to support my that, you know, to support that work. Um, I will, you know, I love studying. I love learning. Um, but I don't know what the right answer is. There are risks to both sides. It yeah. is a big decision and that I have nothing speaking to me. I have no God, no angels, no guides, no intuition, no higher self, no, what, what other word? No, nothing has been speaking to me. So because you're like in the never ending story when there's the nothingness and the big blackness, you're just like, pretty much. The nothingness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I will be fine in my life if I do or if I don't. Um, I have, you know, so, so 
the thing is, and, and I will, would love for you to speak to this, you know, I'm taking a leap because I think it's going to, like, if I were to go to school, it's because I think of what that is going to look like and mean. So what would happen if I, and I think this is what prevents a lot of people from taking leaps or making big decisions is that I'm making an awful lot of assumptions of what that leap is going to look like. If I had known when I was moving from Maryland to LA and I quit my job full time to go into entrepreneurialism full time, if I had known what these two years would have entailed or a little over two years now. I don't know, you know, like I, 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 I don't know if I would have done it the same way. Um, and so, and so let's speak to that. Like, let's speak to the reason why most people don't make the leap is because they don't want to make, they, they don't want to make a leap based off of a lot of assumptions, but you're also never going to have all the information you need. And so what do you, so what does one do? I mean, it's just, for me, it's a deep faith and a deep trust and a complete surrender because I know, I typically know the end point, why it is like the underlying reasons that I want something. Like what is the, the underlying why of you going back to school, right? Like what is the underlying why of me changing my name? What, it, what, like what, what is important about that to me? And so if I know that and I can trust that whatever happens guiding me to that feeling that I want to experience, whatever that path looks like, it's, it, I, let's be honest, it is never going to look how you think it's going to look. It is never going to look how you want it to look. Right. It just never is. And the more that you can be in surrender to it looking exactly as it looks, and trusting that that is exactly as it's supposed to be, I feel like the easier the leap process is. And honestly, the better it all unfolds because you're not just constantly trying to fight with your ego to make it look a certain way. So for me, I, I start with that endpoint and, and not just the endpoint because it's never the thing, right? Like it's not going back to school that you're looking for. It's whatever's under that. It wasn't changing my name that I was looking for. It was the fact that I truly at my soul felt more connected to the Seeley family. They were the one, you know, Grandma Seeley was the one that was spending every day with me while my mom was working three jobs. She was the one that taught me how to sew and would do, like, started my love for jigsaw puzzles and would play parcheesi with me and would feed me all of the foods that I desired, usually the blue box macaroni and cheese, pretty much for the entirety of the first 21 years of my life. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, like that was the underlying reason. And for whatever reason, being 14, I, that was more important to me than this idea of losing touch with or I, the identity of a family that I never really connected with. And so it's never about the thing that you want. It's never about the thing you want. It's about the feeling behind that thing that you want. And the more that you can be in that feeling and trust that whatever's going to lead you there is exactly perfect, is exactly right, it might fucking suck at times. I mean, Tyson and I both had massive, massive ups and downs with entrepreneurship. And neither of us would be where we are today without the entire experience. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as easy as it is to look back and be like, well, you know, I, I would have done it differently. Well, it's not easy, actually. No. 
I, I but pause. I think that that's important to say. Like I think we're we're we live in a, a paradigm where we're very scared to look back and honestly assess how things were because you're not allowed to have regrets because you know, things happen perfectly. And um, so I want to pause there because I actually do think that there's a lot of value in going back and assessing and determining when you have the perspective, why did I leave? Now that I have perspective, was it really out of the why that I thought it was? Was it not? You know, what would I have done differently? And that's how we learn. This is actually the last step in the book is feedback is really taking that time to look back. We're just so scared of fucking history for some fucking reason. It's like, you know, when I learn more and more about the history of the United States, I, it, it does not surprise me I am where I'm at because we're constantly reliving history. We've got to learn from our past or else we're going to keep making the same mistakes. So I don't regret how I've done what I've done. I love where I've come from and where I am now. And I do think that I would have done some things differently. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um, having said that, I'm, you know, it's just so fascinating how I really have no clue what I'm going to do. And all of my, you know, I'm like, you know, you know, like, you're one of those people that you, 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 don't, you say you don't know what you want lies like you do know you do know what you want you're just not allowed giving yourself permission i'm like fuck if that's really the case here i what am i not giving myself permission to do like two decisions and i don't think you have to do anything right now either you know that's the other thing about this is that you're being faced with this and you're sitting on the fence and and you're not feeling motivated to move in in either direction and that's okay when one side gets painful enough, yeah, you'll make the decision. Yeah, you don't have to rush into going back to school. I mean, when we're when we rush into things that aren't motivated by intuition, you know, that's when that's when regrets happen. I feel like, and so yeah. just why not just be with it for a little while? No, I am. That's what I'm doing. Thank you. Well, I figured, but you know, that was more of a rhetorical, not like you, but like a general oh, you. Oh, oh, right, right. Yes. Of the, of the listeners. Yes. That is, that's where I'm at. And I'm actually finding a lot of peace in the unknown and the uncertainty of not knowing what my decision is going to be and, and feeling like once, that's the when thing, I know, what? That like being in the unknown and being in the uncertainty, which is totally, you know, that physical versus spiritual world thing. We, people, we get so fucking uncomfortable being in the unknown that we just like rush to make a snap decision and we just want to get out of the unknown so quickly because it's like painful and discomfort. Yeah. And so just, yeah, why not sit in it? There's like literally nothing wrong with sitting in the unknown. Now, if you know, on the other hand, and then you say you're unknowing, then that's a whole different story. But Right. And I think that's why it's so important for us to develop an understanding of who we are. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think that no- that's why it's so important. Yeah. Knowing yourself, I I feel like is paramount to anything. If you're making decisions for other people or based on societal expectations or based on, you know, who the fuck knows what else, it's gonna lead you into a life that doesn't inspire you. It just is. And when you're not inspired, you're not going to be able to do things in the world. You're not going to be living an amplified life. You're not going to be able to make change 
and use your voice in whatever way you feel inspired to use it. Yeah. I know you talk a lot about Thais, the like inner, inner work versus outer work. And I think that they're, they're both so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. Um, but our society just takes so much weight. Everything is very very external. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're coming to an end here, Bree Seeley. So thank you so much for being on, you know, our guest. And, um, is there anything else that you want to address before we wrap up this conversation? You're so serious. Such a, you're such a serious interviewer. I'm, I'm just, I'm just so good. <laughs> um, I want to invite people if they, my book is coming out in, um, well, from the date of the interview launch, about 60 days. Uh, and if anyone would like a free copy, you can go to permission to leap dot today. That's HTTP permission to leap dot today. And I am going to be sending out free copies to people of the book. I love it. Yeah. Awesome peeps. Well, you can learn more about Bria Briseley.com. Uh, and all of our socials at Bree Seeley because obviously. Um, I am the only one, baby. And then you can obviously learn more about Amplify and all the platforms at the Amplify Co. Um, and you can join our Facebook group at beamplified.community. We would love to see you in there. That's beamplified.community. Fact. Next week is our final episode of season two. So good. So this is it. Time to binge listen all the past ones if you haven't. You can see our evolution. It's pretty fun. It is actually. It's been <laughs> a good ride so far. <laughs> it's been um, a good ride. All right, amplifiers, go be amplified. Thank you, Miss Thais, for a lovely and beautiful interview. Peace out, Go Scout. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.